I'm Zach Kutka with Hutka Farms and Westphalia, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, cotton exports are up while domestic stocks are down. Both of those are positive for the cotton market. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Wheat farmers continue to benefit from the efforts of Texas A&M AgriLife wheat breeders. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll tell you about a new wheat variety developed for the Texas High Plains. The farm economy and the interest rate outlook for 2023. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more in my report on Texas Ag Today. Spring is here, and that brings Texas agriculture up to full speed. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I have the story in today's report. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Today we're visiting with Dr. O.A. Cleveland. He's a cotton market analyst and professor emeritus from Mississippi State University. Dr. Cleveland, let's start off talking about the recent USDA crop production and supply and demand report. How did the cotton numbers look in that report? Excellent questions. First off, we saw that USDA was very aggressive in increasing its estimate of exports. They increased it from 12.2 million up to about 12.6 million. So a rather large increase. However, what we fail to understand on a daily and weekly basis is that the export sales report that we rely on for having so much accuracy and giving us the information that we need, that that sales report is calculated from a summary of U.S. merchant information that's given to USDA. And the rules and guidelines do not actually require, on a hardcore basis, the merchants to provide that data on a timely basis. We have to go to the U.S. Department of Commerce and Census data to get our actual shipments. And USDA does that every year in reconciling its estimates that it collects from merchants versus the census estimates that it gets from shipping companies. So how does USDA deal with the discrepancy between those two sources of cotton exports? Historically, we always see that exports, as we pick up from the census data, are larger than USDA data. And we've seen now the last five years that this difference is growing. So I think USDA just this week decided, or this report, the May report, decided it needed to catch up 
on export sales. So thus, we had this very large increase of 200,000 bales. Well, Dr. Cleveland, what about the production numbers in the report? It looks like they lowered the size of the U.S. crop by 200,000 bales. I, th- I think that's absolutely correct. I think the cotton industry has known that for several months. I'm disappointed that USDA did not tell us that in a timely manner. That is, that they didn't tell us when they knew it. Instead, they waited till May to make the, that announcement. And the market relies on accurate and timely information. So USDA somewhat faded the market and it was not honest and truthful with reporting their data. Dr. Cleveland, thanks so much for the insight on the cotton market. Man, it's a pleasure to talk to you, and y'all be careful out there. Cotton market analyst, Dr. O.A. Cleveland. Wheat farmers continue to benefit from the efforts of Texas A&M AgriLife wheat breeders. James Hunt tells us there's a new wheat variety developed for the Texas High Plains. As the current winter wheat season winds down, Texas A&M AgriLife wheat breeder Jackie Rudd is talking with local producers about new varieties that could help them improve production in the seasons ahead. The latest variety to show promise is called TAM-116, which Dr. Rudd says excels when grown with high management. It is one that does extremely well under irrigated conditions. And with that, obviously, you're going to have to increase the nutrition, so the nitrogen will have to be put on at the right timing. But it's also one of the higher yielding ones in dry land, so it's just a high yielding one in general. But anybody that wants to go for the top yielding ones, that TAM-116 will be their best option that we And here's some numbers that relate to TAM-116's superior yields. Our good irrigated yield trials are generally around 100 bushels. And this one has pretty consistently yielded close to 120 bushels per acre. And that's under good management conditions. What seems to distinguish TAM-116 from other varieties is a highly efficient grain filling capacity as the plant rounds out its growth cycle. I asked Dr. Rudd what he and his fellow researchers had to do to accomplish that. Sometimes it's just good luck. <laughs> we use the term serendipity, meaning you know, it, it really just, the harder we work, you know, things happen. So by planting things at multiple locations, multiple times, we just find what does well. And we have a good crop physiologist program. We have a very good wheat genetics program separate than the breeding, but it all works together. Dr. Rudd says TAM-116 is now being sold commercially. Supplies are likely to be limited for this fall, but become more available for future seasons. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Rising interest rates are having a big effect on farmers and ranchers' bottom line. Tom Nicoletti has more. My guest today is Matt Erickson. He is uh, economic and policy advisor with the Farm Credit Services of America caught up with him recently uh, in Washington, D.C., and uh, certainly met interest rates in the farm economy go hand in hand. Uh, what is the outlook as farmers move forward with their 2023 crop year? When we look at what's going on in the, the U.S. macro economy, a lot of things trickle down to impact producers and our customers at Farm Credit. You know, when I talk with our customers, one, you know, they don't pay the interest of what the federal funds rate is, but, you know, I tell producers to look at things like the prime rate. When we look at that spread between the federal funds rate 
and prime, it's about 305 basis points. When we look at the signals from the Fed, it all depends on what this inflationary picture is going to be. The cost of borrowing is higher for producers. When I look at the farm economy and talk about the farm economy, their production costs have certainly increased after two pretty good years in the farm economy. Margins are tighter. It's really important for us to educate producers in terms of what are your numbers, making sure that they follow it and that they're resilient within the market. When you look at the federal funds rate, you know, we've been between that zero and a quarter percent, 0.25, for almost the past decade plus. There is an educational difference between interest rate education. When we look at where the interest rate environment is, it's not so much where the level is, it's the magnitude of increase that we've seen from the Fed. We've seen about a 1925 basis point increase since the beginning of last year. That means something. And so right now, when we talk about the interest rate environment, last year it was the Fed's actions with regard to the interest rate environment. This go around is how does the market respond to it? And so I think we're, we're still working through some of that here today in 2023. That is Matt Erickson. He is with the Farm Credit Services of America. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. With the month of May wrapping up, Texas agriculture is moving full speed ahead. Barry Mahler has an update from the Texas Rolling Plains. As May rolls along, the pace of agriculture picks up to a high speed across Texas. Although not everyone has received rain, a lot of the state has, and that's helping the farm industry a lot. Driving across Texas in the last few days, one of the things I observed is some really good-looking corn in central Texas. It looks a lot like Iowa or Illinois from the highway, and a lot of the crop looks to be only one good rain away from a very good crop and is at least on schedule and maybe even a little bit ahead of schedule. Cotton is in the ground down south, and planters are tuned up and ready here across the rolling plains. It's plenty early yet, but we should see a lot of planters rolling in the next couple of weeks. The hot, dry summer cut the dryland crop way short last year, and producers and the support industry, such as our gins, need a good year. The long-range forecast looks promising, so farmers will be anxious to get the crop up and growing. I don't know any way to describe the cattle market right now other than strong. The drought has cut the numbers dramatically, so there are less to go to market this year, and that means higher prices. There were pretty fair numbers of yearlings grazing on wheat across the rolling plains this year, and I'm hearing reports of some pretty good gains. We had that unique combination of weather that provided just enough moisture to grow the forage, but not so much that the energy had to be used by the cattle to wait mud and stay warm, and that usually means good gains in our wheat pasture cattle. Wheat pasture cattle running on wheat, as the, the term would uh, would explain is one of the really, really good things we do here on the rolling plains of Texas. Wheat harvest will begin here in a couple of weeks, and the big question is, will the wheat yield as good as some of it looks? It went through a dry spell for a few weeks just as it was setting grain, and I'm betting that yields will be all over the map, but farmers are hoping for the best to recover from some of the high cost of production. So we'll see lots of long days and diesel smoke in the air for the next couple of months as farming across the rolling plains comes to life. Reporting from North Central Texas, I'm Barry Muller for Texas Ag Today. More hunters and anglers are now eligible for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's digital tagging and licensing program. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll explain coming up on Texas Ag Today. And some horses do not do well when confined in a stall. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Some horses do not do well when confined to a stall, but Dr. Bob Judd says there are some medications that can help. Stall rest is sometimes required for horses due to injuries, surgery, or illness. However, some horses do not tolerate confinement and can develop some behavioral abnormalities and even injure themselves when stalled. There are some over-the-counter herbal supplements and calming products available that use various amino acids as well as magnesium to aid in calming horses, and these are sometimes helpful. However, they're not always effective, and many times prescription drugs have been used, like acepromazine, flufenazine, and reserpine. Unfortunately, these drugs have some minor to severe side effects, and using them is not without a risk. A recent report out of North Carolina State University concerns the use of another drug called trazodone. Trazodone is used extensively in dogs and cats for reduction of anxiety in various situations, from vet visits to storm phobias. To test the drug in horses, six adult gildings were used, and multiple parameters were recorded prior to and after drug administration, including heart rate, respiratory rate, body temperature, mucous membrane color, and capillary refill time. Gastrointestinal motility was judged, as was the amount of sedation and ataxia with the drug. The drug was given in two different doses orally with a higher and lower dosage. Results indicated that trazodone was an effective drug to facilitate stall rest and recovery in horses. The drug was rapidly absorbed and did produce some degree of sedation in all horses and ataxia. Oversedation was the most common side effect. If you have to stall your horse a period of time or if your horse has anxiety in certain situations, ask your equine veterinarian about trazodone. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The digital tagging program in Texas is expanding. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is expanding its digital tagging program to allow more hunters and anglers the opportunity to digitally tag their whitetail and mule deer, turkey, and red drum harvests. Currently, the program is open to those with a resident super combo, senior super combo, or lifetime super combo license. Thanks to approval from the Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission Thursday, those with youth hunting licenses, an exempt red drum tag, lifetime hunting license, or lifetime fishing license can now opt in to digital tagging. Chris Cerny, TPWD's business analyst for the Wildlife Division, explained the proposal to the Parks and Wildlife Commission. These license and tag options are being proposed for several reasons. The youth hunting license is included because staff received feedback from a number of customers who have purchased a digital super combo for themselves, for themselves and their spouse, and intended to purchase one for the child only to find out they had to get a paper license for that youth hunting license. So they were forced to live in both worlds, digital and paper. The exempt angler red drum tag is being offered for the same reason. There are customers who otherwise do not need a fishing license, but still need that oversized red drum tag. And so our goal is to provide them with the option to go digital for that tag 
tag if they would like. The lifetime tag options are being included to round out the digital offerings for all lifetime license types, combo hunting and fishing. Digital tagging remains voluntary. Hunters and anglers with eligible licenses can still use traditional tags if they choose. To digitally tag anglers and hunters, log on to the My Texas Hunt Harvest mobile app, enter their information, and receive a confirmation number, which they then affix onto their deer or turkey. Attaching the number is not required when harvesting red drum. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Tuesday kicked off the trading week with a higher close in the cattle market, but a drop in the grains. We'll look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw nice gains in the cattle market to kick off the trading week on Tuesday. In fact, triple-digit gains across the board, getting support from a drop in the corn market. July live cattle up $1.52, 168.87. The August up $2, 167.17. October live cattle up $1.72 at 171.32. Nice gains in feeder cattle also. August feeders up 385, 237.77. September feeders up 357 at 240.67. The October contract up 345, 242.47. Cash fed cattle trade all quiet on Tuesday. No sales to report. We wrapped up last week selling cattle here in Texas in the 171 range. That's a buck higher compared to the previous week. Boxed beef prices higher on Tuesday. Choice up a dollar nine, three oh five oh two. Select up three fifty two at two eighty eight forty four. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Doug Bass, my guest, sells them on Wednesday in Columbus. Doug, how did it go? Had a good sale, Mr. Larry. We ended up 700 head of cattle. The market looked steady. Uh, calf market could have been a little bit higher, uh, but the cow market looked pretty steady the week before. Good. Walk those pins with us, please. Yes, sir. On your weighing cows, there are lower yielding cows, 59 to 69. Medium flesh cows, 72 to 85. Better higher yielding cows, 86 to 102. Lower yielding bulls, 95 to 105. Better high yielding bulls, 108 to 128. Had a few little medium type pairs bring 12 to 1450. Few bred cows, medium type bred cows bring 1000 to 1250. On the calf market, like I said, I thought the calf market looked a little better. Uh, two to three weight steers, 190 to 302. Heifers, 180 to $3. Three to four weight steers, 185 to 290. Heifers, 175 to 292. Four to five weight steers, 170 to 267. Heifers, 165 to 238. Five to six weight steers, 165 to 250. Heifers, 150 to 244. Six to seven weight steers, 168 to 230. Heifers, 145 to 206. Seven to eight weight steers, 150 to 211. Heifers, 140 to 184. And your 800 to 1,000 pound steers and bullion bring 145 
to 195, FRETs 135 to 155. Good. Do you know of anything for this next Wednesday sale? Yes, sir. Uh, we've got some cattle lined up. We're going to gather some today, and uh, looks like we'll have a pretty decent sale this week. Yes, sir. Tell everybody how to contact you, Doug Bass. Yes, sir. Y'all can look us up on Facebook. Let's look us up at CattlemansColumbusLivestock.com. Y'all can call me on my cell, 979-877-4454. Call Sheriff Talks, 979-732-2622. We appreciate you, Doug. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Y'all have a good week. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble. You've just listened to Walk in the Pens on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. You're doing so right now on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs made a limit up move on Tuesday. June hogs up the limit 475 to close at 8082. July also limit up 475 at 7952. Class 3 milk steady to lower. May milk unchanged at 1616 100 weight while the June contract was down 33 at 1555 100. We saw a mix close in the cotton market. Old crop finished higher, new crop lower. The new crop contracts dropping because of the improved weather we have here in Texas. A lot of rain falling across the panhandle and southern plains. Of course, that can be a double-edged sword as it's delaying cotton planting. But for now, cotton traders dropped the new crop lower, while the old crop July was up 64 dollars October down 12 at 80.91 and December cotton down 33, 80.21. Corn market dropping lower on Tuesday in reaction to improved weather forecasts for the Corn Belt. Things look to be drying up in that area of the country and that will allow farmers to wrap up corn planting in the Midwest. July corn down 10 cents, 5.94, September down 9 at 5.20 a bushel, December corn down 9 and a quarter. 525 and a quarter. The volatility continues in the wheat market, and as many times before, we don't really have much of a fundamental reason to explain it. But we were down sharply on Tuesday, July Kansas City wheat down 35 and a half at 783 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat down 25, 591 a bushel. In the energy markets, July natural gas was down 10 cents, 231. July West Texas crude down 290, 69.77 a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Tuesday afternoon. The Dow down 69 points at 33,023. The Nasdaq up 55, 13,031. The S&P up a point at 4,207. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.